We continue our series revealed today, a series about pulling back the layers, going back to basics and discovering or rediscovering who Jesus is. We're exploring what are called the I am statements when Jesus tells us who Jesus is and we don't even have to figure it out. Amen? Today, we explore the Gospel of John chapter 10, beginning in verse 11, and we explore this chapter on Jesus as the Good Shepherd. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version updated edition today, and it reads like this, I am the Good Shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own. And my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, here we are to worship, here we are to bow down, here we are to say that you are indeed our worthy and our holy God. So good shepherds, speak. Speak, O Lord, for your servants have come expecting a word from you. Hide this, your servant, behind that old rugged cross. So that everything that is said and everything that is done comes straight from you, O God. This is your servant's prayer. In the name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. My first semester of seminary, I was taking a preaching class. And I had to write what's called an exegetical paper on John 10, the Good Shepherd. Now, an exegetical paper is when you look at the text and then you study different what different theologians have said about the text and you pull out all of the learnings that are there in the text. Now, sometimes we confuse exegesis for eisegesis and that's what you put in the text, what you want in the text. <laughs> But this was supposed to be an exegetical paper. I struggled with this paper. I mean, it's there, isn't it? It says, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. 
I know my sheep, they know me, they call me by my name. This is pretty straightforward, right? But when I got my paper back, there was a note written by my teaching assistant in red ink. And it said, but what is a shepherd? I'd done all this fancy footwork about what the different pieces of the text meant, but I forgot the foundational, the most important piece. What is a shepherd? Like I told you in the children's sermon, I'm from Atlanta. I was born two blocks from here at what used to be Crawford Long Hospital is now Emory Midtown. And I don't know anything about shepherds. I don't know anything about sheep. I don't know how flocks work. I know that my dog tries to, he tries to shepherd me sometimes and he tries to make me go where he wants me to go because Yorkies are bred to be sheep herding dogs. But that's about it. I don't even know if we have sheep at the zoo here in Atlanta. Does anybody know? And yet, this person was asking me to be clear about something that I didn't know anything about. So I had to go back and look it up. And, you know, Google was sort of a thing, but it wasn't the thing at that time. And so I had to go to the library. We spent a lot of time in Pitt's theology sing on when I was at, at Candler. And, and I went and I just looked up shepherd. And I, I found out that shepherds are the lowest of the low. They often don't have families or friends because they live on the land. They live in the wilderness. They live on the side of the mountain. They live outside of acceptable society. When they die... Often people don't know that they have died because they just disappear. They find out that they have died because the sheep are wandering around all by themselves. Nobody's going to check on them. They're not calling home to say, I'll be home at six o'clock. They sleep with the sheep. They eat with the sheep. They never leave their side. Oh, and did I tell you? They stink. Shepherds are not people that others look up to. 
They're not on high on the list of aspirational jobs. Shepherds are usually so disconnected that nobody even wants to know anything about them. They're untouchable. And yet, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. You know, Jesus could have said, I am the shepherd. But he inserts the word good here and he takes a a thing that is terrible, that is low of the low, that is not wanted. He flips it on his head and he makes it a good thing. You know, we use the word good when we want to make something better, right? Oh, that was worship. That was good worship. Oh, man, I had a day. Oh, that was a good day. Those collard greens, mm, they were something. Those were some good collard greens. See, when you insert the word good, it takes something, it flips it on its side, it elevates it, and it makes it something that maybe somebody else might want. In the Greek, The adjective good also has the meaning of model or true. It's a reference point for what it's like to be the model shepherd, to be the best shepherd you can be, to be the cream of the crop, to be the top, the one that everybody seeks out to be. I am the good shepherd. But we can't really fully understand this until we go back to Ezekiel. Yes, I said Ezekiel, that little book in the near the end of the Old Testament where we usually only bring it up when we talk about dry bones. But if we go to Ezekiel 34, we have the model for the good shepherd. Ezekiel 34, 11 says, For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will sort them out. As shepherds sort out their flocks when they are among scattered sheep, so I will sort out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and bring them into their own land and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the watercourses and in all the inhabited parts of the land. 
I will feed them with good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture and there they shall lie down in good grazing land and they shall feed. I myself will be the shepherd of the sheep. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. I might not know anything about shepherds, but the people who would have heard Jesus talking that day, they would have known a whole lot about shepherds. They would have known all the things about shepherds. They were used to seeing the shepherds on the side of the mountain. They were used to smelling the sheep and the shepherds. They were used to all of the noise at night of the sheep being gathered up and put to bed. They would have known everything about shepherds and what they would have known would not have been good. See, if we go back a little bit in Ezekiel 34, we learn what it is to be a false shepherd. You shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves. You clothe yourselves with wool. You slaughtered the fatted calves. You do not feed the sheep. My sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountain, on every high hill, and all over the face of the earth. And no one searched for them and sought them out. Ezekiel continues to say, so I will take the shepherds and separate them. The false shepherds and the true shepherds. The bad shepherds and the good shepherds. The selfish shepherds and the selfless shepherds. So when Jesus shows up and Jesus gathers the people and he says, I am the good shepherd, these folks understand what he's saying. Except they don't. He he says, I'm putting these in, in, in plain language so that you will understand and still they miss it. Is Jesus with me or not? Does the Lord care about me or not? Life is hard right now, preacher. And you're telling me that the Lord is the good shepherd? Well, where is the shepherd? 
Jesus is more than the good shepherd for those who wait. See, we can't fully understand this good shepherd image until we get to the very first part of John, which says that Jesus is the gate. The gate is a place where the sheep are protected. It's a place where the the shepherd gathers the sheep so that the shepherd can make sure that they won't be attacked by wolves and anything else that's out of there except the sheep are hard-headed and they don't want to hang out in the gate. But when the shepherd shows up, They will not follow a stranger. But they know the voice of the gatekeeping shepherd who opens the gate from them. They know the voice of the one who tries to protect them from the wolf. They know the one who gathers them after they've been scattered. They know the one who leaves them and goes after the one that is lost. They know the one who lays down his life. who gives it on his own accord because he loves them. So I have a question for you today. Do you know your shepherd's voice? And when the shepherd calls, do you come? Do you willingly gather inside the gate? Or are you running around on your own? And then trying to figure out Why life is so crazy. Before there was Whitney Houston, there was Sissy Houston. Sissy Houston is Whitney Houston's mother, and she was an incredible musician and singer in her own right. And she recorded a song called The Lord is My Shepherd. And every time I hear this song, it literally sends shivers down my spine. It's just the 23rd Psalm, 
but the way she sings it, it's as if she is in the presence of her shepherd and she is telling the shepherd, I know you, I see you, I hear you, and I will follow you. She says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He to sing this song to the most high God. She continues to tell us and to teach us that she indeed knows this shepherd and that this psalm is not just a piece of paper in a book, but it is the joy and the strength of her life, that it is sustenance, that it is food, that it is shelter, that it is life. until I listened to the song very closely that I realized that everything that's happening in the 23rd Psalm is in the present tense. It is right here and right now. You don't have to wait for it. It's already yours. Do you hear the voice of your shepherd? She says, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. That's where it takes a turn, Miss Ruby. Everything else is present tense. Everything is right now. Everything is right here, right now in the presence of the Most High God. But then it takes a turn. And I shall dwell. <laughs> they don't hear me, Mary. They don't hear me. They don't hear me this morning. I shall dwell. So no matter what's going on right now, it doesn't matter how crazy things are right now. It doesn't matter how many people are getting shot. It doesn't matter how many people have cancer. It doesn't matter how many people are dying. The promise is that we shall dwell in the house of the Lord. Forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. 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 Wonderful counselor. 
Mighty good shepherd, I love the Lord. Do you hear him? Do you follow him? Do you trust him? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.